I feel um, I feel really good. Yeah. I feel like I've I've got everything I need. You've got your shit together. That's the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me in Brighton. Yeah, that's okay. By the sea. Um, how long have you lived here? I've lived here for two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I moved here from London. Yeah. And how long were you in London? For twelve years, from when I was eighteen to thirty. Oh my god! Wow. Yeah. So I moved. At one junction of my life, I guess, when you uh, turn 18, yeah. you, people think that you become an adult, yeah. or legally you do, yeah. and then, and so I was there for university, and I stayed there for, until I turned 30, that wasn't a plan, but I just wanted to leave. To leave. Oh, okay. Oh, it's hard to leave. <laughs> it is hard to leave, do you think I think so? London's hard to leave. Interesting. Yeah. Well, maybe... I'm still there, so... Maybe maybe so, but I, I wanted a change, mm-hmm. and, and so I wanted to come somewhere that was smaller and that was close enough to London for me to go see my brother and my friends and some of my work is there. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a journalist. I'm yeah. a documentary filmmaker and a journalist. <laughs> Thanks for getting that in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe you'll introduce that already. No, no. I, I mean, I will in the bio, but it's useful if you say what you do. Yes. What do you do? I'm a journalist <laughs> and a documentary filmmaker and a lot of my work is within culture, mm-hmm. I guess, as broad as that is, but sometimes also about science, psychology, religion, mm-hmm. politics... But I guess within subculture and culture, there are intersections yeah. of of politics and of fashion and of, of of even of science and stuff like that. Sometimes, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on a scale of shit to together, how are you feeling today? Nine point eight. Nine point eight. That's very high. Mm-hmm. Why is that? I feel great today. Yeah. 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 Really good. I've I've been looking forward to this podcast. Yeah. I'm appearing on Caitlin and Ryan's podcast. <laughs> I mean... You've listened to a few today That's as well. good. That's great yeah. for me. That's, that's a nice, that's a peak that's a nice purpose for, for my day. Yeah, exactly. It's peak. It's a peak of the week at least. <laughs> and uh, I feel good. I like exercising. So mm-hmm. I did a lot of exercise today. What did you do? I went for a, a long run and then I went to the gym and then I went for a swim. Wow, like a triathlon. All I need to do is ride a bike and then I've done a triathlon. Um... <laughs> And then, and yeah, I feel kind of listless in a way, work-wise sometimes, because if I'm not on a deadline, yeah. the type of work that I do as a freelance journalist is I've got so much, so many ideas mm. and almost too, too many, many to ever, ever complete, yeah. but some of them are lower in the priority list than others. Yeah. So today was one of those days where I was like, oh, I might do a bit of that, might do a bit of that, yeah. might do a bit of that. Didn't get one thing completed, yeah. but I enjoyed it. It's good. I felt good today. Yeah. I managed to sunbathe on my in in late September sunbathe in my backyard um, while eating lunch. That's not bad. 
Yeah, that's good. That climate change. I mean, it's good for for me, but it's not good for the future of humans, at least. No. Um, So do you think you're quite good, then, at, like, self-discipline in terms of that? Like, being a journalist, you must have to, like, design your time. Yeah, curate your calendar. I'm really bad at that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I know what you mean, because I'm sure with your work... You have deadlines, you have things that you need to rehearse for yeah. or things that you need to meet and yeah. and periods of work and then mm. periods of less work. Yeah. yeah, so, but the discipline, I mean... You seem quite good at that. Thank you. I have to. Yeah. I have to pay rent. Yeah. Like, that is a good motivator. Yeah. And also... Um, I mean, deadlines would help, though, I guess. Yeah, these little deadlines do help. Yeah. And sometimes, you know... Um, was that funny quote of, uh, I love deadlines. I like the whooshing sound they make as they fly overhead. <laughs> um, but I do, I do like to meet deadlines and I like them to give me a bit of structure. But I've had to be disciplined. I started going freelance as a journalist yeah. just before COVID-19 pandemic. I didn't know it was coming. And, uh, <laughs> Great time to do it. Yeah, and then, and then so I was unemployed. Well, I was freelance, mm-hmm. fun employed. Yeah. And, I, and then I had no furlough. And then loads of magazines and websites and newspapers that I'd write for or that I'd work for in, in different capacities, they stopped commissioning. Yeah. So I had to be really, I had to really, really work hard and get some universal credit. Um, and so I think in that time of my first year being freelance full time, because I'd yeah. done it on the side of other things for a long time. That first year was quite a baptism of fire, but it really means that I've got the will to work all the time if I need to, or yeah. not as much if I don't need to. Yeah. The discipline part doesn't doesn't bother me. Yeah. Uh, but it's always my ideas. So having so it's always I, like passion projects, I guess. Always passion yeah. projects. Yeah. So it's so so in that way, I'm a curious guy. Yeah. I'm social. I like writing. I like mm-hmm. interviewing people. I like geeking out and researching yeah. stuff and so I get to do that in my job yeah. so really that doesn't feel like work at all yeah. and it's not very hard to be for me to be disciplined to be like oh, I'm going to wake up and phone someone and chat to them about their activism on behalf of the people of Tibet you know yeah. that's some someone I spoke to recently who's a Tibetan activist I was like we spoke for ages and I was mm-hmm. like Jesus Christ so what that is better than any film I could watch better than any you know article I could read I've just talked to someone on the other side of the world about something really important so So, yes you can see the motivation part of it doesn't isn't a problem yeah it's great i love it um okay so on that then what does having your shit together mean to you what does it mean to me um uh it's deeper than what i do for a living although what i do for a living is entwined in my personality Mm -hmm. but i don't get my self-worth out from it my self-worth is inherent i have that within me anyway because I'm a human being and yeah. everyone has everyone has worth and has purpose or not purpose or whatever it is mm. they I think we all have that so I don't rely on my work to make me feel valid do you feel like you've always been able to access that um I don't know I can't remember I just I'm, I'm on such a high right now <laughs> that I can't I can't even remember what it's like to not yeah. feel like this but I think that um However, I also do get a lot of enjoyment and feel like I've got my shit together when I'm doing work. Not for the money, but because I think that the way I approach my job is actually a is in a heart-centered way in which I want to connect with people and actually spread empathy. Yeah. Um because if you read about people or if you watch a documentary about people that that you don't wouldn't otherwise speak to or hear from or learn about, I think that can create these uh, connections of empathy, this web of empathy, 
that is really important for everyone having a um, a good experience while they're alive on Earth. So it's mm. good to be connected to each other. And I like to think of myself or and all of the journalists, you know, apart from the, the shady ones, uh, as as kind of connectors between these people, you know. Yeah. And so. I like that. So, so that part of my job, like if if money was no option, um, which we'll probably get onto that in a bit, I would still do what I do. I'd just do it at a different pace. Mm. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be staying up till midnight every night yeah. working. So having my shit together, for me, sorry, it's a long way of saying it, no. is to do with me feeling my uh, a connection with people, love, uh, inherent love from uh, the universe and each other and, and the cosmos, but also I feel I have purpose in my life and meaning and so that is a very good way of feeling like I've got my shit together yeah. because everything else seems more temporary than having a deep-rooted yeah. purpose and money comes and goes for me yeah. a lot sometimes I make quite a bit of money sometimes I make fuck all and a lot of other things come and go but but yeah. really I feel like I found a way in which I can spend my time that is beneficial to other people and to myself and also I, I I don't just write I also work with uh, teenagers mm-hmm. I, um, I do some youth work and and I've just started lecturing at a university yeah. last week so uh, this week so it's um so there, there are different ways in which I think I'm useful in helping other people live a better life so multifaceted like, is it yeah I think so all the things that you're saying like the different jobs that you do and yeah, I think I think it is. Thank it, you. It's like a sense of... I see it as the same thing. Yeah. But thank you. But it's like a sense of contribution as well, I think. Like yes. Like a lot of your purpose... Comes Service. With, yes, yeah. Which is like a huge thing. I think when you don't have a sense of, like, purpose, but I also think purpose is double-sided for, like, contribution as well. Mm-hmm. And I think... Because for me, like, what you're talking about, about having that sense of knowing your worth inextricably from your job... Like, I really struggle with that. I think I get a lot of my worth from the work that I do. So therefore, when there's a lack of that, I find it sends me into a bit of a spiral. And then what I have to do to ground myself is try and think of something to like that is like contribution. Mm. Because I think if I have a day where I feel like I'm not contributing to something, be that like my work or myself, I don't know, or like other people, then I find it, yeah, it sends me a bit west. But I hear you, and I'm sorry it makes you feel that way. Uh, it's difficult. I've got to go through that as well. Mm. But perhaps maybe you realizing, recognizing that, and speaking so candidly about it, mm. is a step in the direction of uh, of being able to be mindful and not let that bother yeah. you as much. Perhaps. Yeah. But that's, <laughs> yeah. but that's not without my. I must add, that's not without my enjoyment. I don't yeah. just live a life in service of other people. Mm-hmm. I do enjoy my work. Um, so there is an element of selfishness in it, obviously. Yeah. But I found something, and I put on events, so I found mm. something that connects me with other people and it nourishes my soul, which is yeah. hard to find. And I make a little bit of money from it. Wow, I'm, how lucky am I? <laughs> like, seriously, I feel like I feel like a dream come true. Yeah. You know? But, like, those, like, both things have to exist. Like, you, still, you need to get fulfilment out of it as well, because otherwise you're just in servitude forever. Yeah. Yeah, it needs to stimulate you. Okay. Before the podcast, I asked you to think of an object that makes you feel like you've got your shit together. <laughs> Can you tell me what that is? Yes, I thought long and hard about this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've got this rock. That you're holding. <laughs> yeah, and the rock is painted. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's painted green and it's got a circle of love hearts. Yeah. 
um, around it. And in the middle it says, keep your chin up, chick. Yeah. And this is really... This this makes me feel like I've got my shit together. Related to what I just said, actually, because um, I was working with some teenagers at a summer camp in Bridgewater mm-hmm. years ago. Uh, and all these kids from Somerset, they were sweethearts. They were all like 14 to 18 years old. Not kids, you know, young people. And then, and then this was something that one of the young people gave me. And she was really sweet and she was really hyperactive, mm-hmm. I think. It's hard to describe her because she was really unique. She's great. And, and she was part of my little family group that I am, um, that I, we have these family groups at the, mm-hmm. at the, uh, at the summer camp, so you get, you know, you have a, you have a, you get a smaller group within a bigger group to get yeah. to know them a little bit more. And that keep your chin up, chick, is it reminds me of, of that work that I don't do full time, that but I do dedicate mm-hmm. time to, and I used to do full time when I was in London. It reminds me of that, and that makes me feel like I've got my shit together because it feels like it's a very connected thing for me, and I like the idea of helping these young people inspire themselves. And we're not there to inspire them. Us youth workers don't inspire them. They inspire themselves mm-hmm. and each other because they are, like, surprised at what they can do. Wow, what, me? I'm, I'm doing art? Oh, I thought that was for <laughs> other people. You know, or they get up and they sing or they get up and they... Because a lot of it's around creativity. Yeah. Or they get up and they do some drama improv thing and they're so shy and, and closed off when they arrive and some of the kids have been through care and some of the kids have been refugees sometimes and, and, and they've had different life stories. Some just go to mainstream school. But all together in this camp, it's like a, a world is created. And this is cool because this is her... She gave that to me, and she gave us all presents in the little family circle. And I like how supportive she was of other people. Yeah. Supportive, she was telling me, keep your chin up, chick. It's mm. probably something she's been told before. And I know she had a re- she has a really troubled home life. Mm. Uh, and I thought, wow, she's stepping up into a leader role, leadership role. Yeah. Almost. She's stepping up into a a caring role of keep your chin up and I'm going to leave you all with some positive messages. Yeah. You think, God bless you, you're like 14 years old. You yeah. know, she needs so much support. Yeah. And she will get that when she left because she was, she had support workers and stuff, working with social workers, working uh-huh. with her. But I just thought, yeah, that's good. That makes me feel like I've got my shit together because I got to meet these young people mm. and I got to hang out with them and I got to learn. They showed me their world for a bit and I feel like I gave them something that wasn't, me inspiring them or being this hey you could be like me it was more <clears throat> giving them space to be kids yeah. and to uh and a safe space to just be mm-hmm. and what came out of that was it is always magical and beautiful and that's one memento and i don't have many i love that i don't have many but that's it keep your chin up chick <laughs> very sweet that's very cute in your life where you felt like you really had your shit together right now yeah yeah tomorrow tomorrow Tomorrow. (laughs) it's gonna be even better tomorrow wow i'm gonna be like i'll be out the other side of the podcast i'll be telling everyone about the (laughs) podcast you know you gotta listen to this podcast (laughs) yeah tomorrow is tomorrow is a time in my life when i've I've really got my shit together um yeah that's Mm -hmm. gonna be yes I'm, I'm i'm on the up. really oh yeah definitely and you know and i think what helps me feel that way is a openness to learning and humility and self-reflection and kind of relaxing into who I am, mistakes I've made, mm-hmm. trying to be a better person to the people that mean a lot to me. Yeah. Um, and I think 
to admit that I'm learning is good. Mm-hmm. I'm learning. I am lear- I'm always learning. Mm-hmm. Like I have to in my job. You know, I made I made a feature length documentary that came out this year. And that was my what first was that one. one. Uh, what was that one? It's called Right Here, Right Now. It's oh, about, really? Yeah. What's it about? Yeah. It's about Fat Boy Slim <laughs> and, his, uh, and his big party that he had. And, yeah. um, which is great, and I've watched it. Have you? Thank on the you. plane to America. Oh, you watched it on the plane? Yeah. On in the, the little sky. In the headrest? Yeah, Virgin, Virgin Atlantic. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for watching it. <laughs> but that was a very big learning curve, mm-hmm. as as a lot of my work is. But that was like Jesus Christ. Like I've You've made, never I've done made, anything that big before. No, I've made I've made short documentaries, yeah. but that now I was making the feature length, and that was like a. I mean, it, I had it in me, and I wasn't going to let them down. And Did you I, feel confident? Uh, when you started uh, or like imposter syndrome? I was like, I had this weird thing where I was like, I'm confident I can learn how to do this. <laughs> But I was like, I'm going to ask some stupid questions. Mm-hmm. And I had to be... I've I've winged a lot of stuff in my life. And, you know, I'm a white bloke. And um, and we live in a patriarchy, sadly. So I, a lot of, I've got a lot of privilege. Mm-hmm. And so I have winged things in the mm-hmm. past. And I probably still do in many ways. But this was one of those things where I was like, I cannot pretend to know what I'm doing. No. I was like, I've got an idea and I've written this treatment and yeah. I've got this... I've got a vision of how it should be, who we should speak to, what the song should be. I've got I've got all the creative bits, but then there was all this technical yeah, yeah. the technical side of it, which was like I can't nod along in the editing suite and go, yeah, 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 and pretend I know what I'm doing. I can't do <laughs> that. So I had to I had to have real I felt like I had to employ integrity. Yeah. Uh, and be like, I am I said to everyone I work with, I said, I I'm gonna ask some stupid questions, but you know, Please be patient and bear with me. And how it's do only because to that? Pe- people were like, "Yeah, that's cool." There's, we we use a lot of acronyms anyway. We, yeah, we, we use a lot of abbreviations. That, oh my god! Yeah. I, I didn't go to film school. I studied journalism at university. Yeah. But I didn't, you know, I didn't. There's so much I don't know about filmmaking. So much, and so I was like, I know what it should be like, and I end up directing it mm-hmm. um, with, you know, my stabilizers. Uh, if, if we can use an analogy of, of, of riding a bike, where my friend Ben and my friend Owen. Uh, who we who I made the film with? One was the editor, one was the shooting producer. Mm-hmm. Without them, I couldn't have done it. Uh, but we made it together, us three, and it was yeah. So that's a good example of me being like, wow, I've got so much more to learn. Yeah. But I, I was confident that I could learn it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't confident that I knew what I was doing. It was a different thing. It was like I know I haven't got my shit together. Yeah. But I know that I can give it a fucking good go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because it was yeah. like a once in a lifetime opportunity. Yeah. And it and I felt like I delivered, and but all the way through. Well, we'll get onto it when we get to the picture, picture the photo okay. question. Picture round. Picture round. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so yeah, all the way through it, I felt like Jesus Christ. And now I'm like, I'm reading books about filmmaking That's still. Crazy. I'm still reading books about how yeah, to edit film. Yeah, and I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm kind of putting myself through that yeah. training. Wow. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. So that was a time... So what was the question? Time in your life where you felt like you had your shit together and you said tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow, yeah. Because I'm learning. You know, tomorrow you're going to be better than today. Yeah. You know, say we'll be better than, from, yeah. from this Yeah, and you're on 9.5 today, so you're getting there. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be... In three days. <laughs> in three days. God knows what I'll be like. <laughs> um, okay, a time in your life then when you felt like you didn't have your shit together. When I moved cities, I moved from London to Brighton, mm-hmm. Um I was going through a difficult period mm-hmm. because I was having a lot of changes in my life at the time. Mm-hmm. 
and um, and then I was also very conscious because I can be quite impulsive mm-hmm. and <clears throat> live in the moment, which can be quite a good thing, I think. But but also it can be a bit reckless, and I've been and in that I've been reckless with people's emotions sometimes mm-hmm. and friendships and relationships and family even stuff like that. So impulsiveness is can be a good, nice, fun way to live. But I try to keep it under control a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, like making decisions like I want to move to Brighton. That's a good example, right? And <laughs> I was going to move. I was going to move the year before, but right. then it was during COVID, and mm-hmm. it was kind of it wasn't the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And then when I was moving this time round, which was two years ago nearly, I felt so uh, confused. And, and then I really didn't feel like I had my shit together. But mm-hmm. I was like, the landlord was selling the house I was renting, so I had to move out of the yeah. house in London. So my my idea was to move to London, to move to Brighton. But there was a lot of changes in my life, mm-hmm. stuff that I wasn't really robust enough to handle Mm -hmm. and then I remember when my brother and my friend Joe helped me move down here I remember just like it was like the next morning I stepped out the house and I felt like it was my first day at school oh my god it was so weird I I stepped out and I was like because I'd lived in London since I was essentially a child yeah and I had an expanding group of friends but the same few core legends that I hung out with all the time and, you know, I lived in the same area, and, and that was my kind of comfort zone. I remember stepping outside. Did you know people down here? I knew a couple. Right. Um, and then I remember stepping outside of the house, and I felt, um, yeah, I felt, I felt not good. And then, and then I was like, took a few selfies, <laughs> sent, sent to my brother and my mum and my, my dad and my sisters and everyone, my stepmom. Hey, you know, here I am, just a guy living in Brighton. Cool. And I felt small. Yeah. And vulnerable and very kind of thin-skinned and just generally upset yeah and so I was like walked down to the beach like wow I live here now this is weird and it was in win- it was in winter so I was a bit like uh, it, it, it <laughs> not was... the time that most people come to Brighton <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's known as a bit of a holiday place <laughs> and so I really didn't I thought god I've made such a big mistake and then you know the next day felt a bit better and then the next day felt a bit better and then actually it was, because obviously I work by myself as a journalist often, mm. or I work with a team when I'm doing a production, when I'm making a, a documentary, but usually it's just me and my laptop. And that was hard to meet people. Oh my God, yeah. So I was like, so I actually You have to like really join sta- things. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but I was also really broke as well. I was yeah. really po- poor at the time because I wasn't getting much work. And so I got a job in a pub down here few days a week and that was like how I, I blossomed I like working in pubs sometimes yeah, yeah. I've done a lot I've done a lot of it in, in London and throughout my life and then I I not blossomed I kind of opened up yeah and then I was like wow okay and then I started having friends and I started speaking to people I saw people in town that I'd served at the pub the night before yeah. and it was really and then I started to feel integrated into the, into the community here and then now I feel really happy here. Mm-hmm. But that was a time I didn't feel like I had my shit together. Yeah. I thought I'd made a mistake. I thought I was being too impulsive. Yeah. I thought, wow, I'm meant to be really conf- I'm, I'm meant to be confident. I'm meant to be this guy who can talk to anyone. I'm, I, you mm-hmm. know, I'm a journalist. You know, I, I've travelled the world doing these weird articles about people and doing all this stuff. And then I was like, this was a decision for me and where I was going to live. And only I could make that decision. Yeah. And it wasn't the sort of thing I can get like a second opinion on. Because everyone was saying different things yeah. and I was going through, you know, yeah. a lot of change. So I was like, I'm just going to have to make a decision here. Yeah. And God, that's such like a... Yeah, but then I guess nothing, it, things are temporary, like I said before. So what, what I reminded myself is if it didn't work out here, or, or whatever I do really, 
then it doesn't have to be forever. That's true. It doesn't have to be forever. It could be, I could have lived here for a little bit and then I could have moved somewhere else. Or I could have come back yeah. to London or I could have done whatever. So that's what I reminded myself. It's not like a, this is me now. It was more like, yeah. a, okay, I want to give this a go for a bit. Because mm-hmm. I think the, yeah, and that eased the, that eased the stress of it all a yeah. little bit. Because I was like, I'm just going to try out Brighton for a bit. Yeah. I even looked at, because it's almost two years since I lived there, I even looked at the social media post I put and I thought, I thought, I was just trying to get my head into headspace and yeah. I thought, I put, I'm just going to, I said, I'm giving the I'm giving the seaside a go for a bit. Yeah. Even in the language was like, uh, you know. Non-committal. <laughs> non-committal. I'm just going to move here for a bit. And see if it yeah. See if I survive. That's, yeah, that's really so that, resonating with me, what you're saying. Yeah. Like, two reasons. Um, I had like a shit time in London for a bit and I remember having this sense of like desperately needing something to change but not knowing how to do it and I kind of made the decision that I needed to move because I'd been living in the same place in London for like three or four years and during Covid and you know it got stilted and I made the decision to move so I'd always lived in South London and I made the decision to move North East London which in London feels like moving to a different city yeah totally like it's wild and I was like fucking terrified about it and I moved house and literally I remember getting to the house and being like the next morning waking up and being like what the fuck have I done like the entire life that I built for myself was in South London and now I'm here and now everyone's like all the people that I know are like an hour away and like this this was a terrible decision and for the first few weeks I felt awful also like I think the second week I got Covid so I was like trapped in the house just like what the fuck have I done but then what I did as a way to try and like ground myself in that area was I started working in a cafe similarly because I was just like how do you get to know an area and its people and like make Mm -hmm. friends with people and so I like worked there and had a really good time and that's how I met Ant who I do the podcast with wow um, shout out to Ant shout out to Ant not here right now Um, (laughs) but yeah but I remember from that thinking like change just does in its nature breed growth in some way like it's either going to be good or it's going to be bad but it's going to be different and you are going to have to grow to fit the change Mm -hmm. and yeah that's kind of something that I've kind of held from that that's wise yeah and I start to feel myself getting like stifled about things sometimes and then it's like I know that I need a change totally yeah yeah okay three things that make you feel like shit if I can't find time to exercise, it's a very mm-hmm. personal one. If I can't find time to get to the gym, I'll go for a run, I'll go for a swim, I'll go for a walk even. Sometimes I'm really, really busy and I sit on my laptop all day. <clears throat> that makes me feel physically shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like my brain doesn't work properly. I feel like my mood is dampened and I feel like agitated. I feel, yeah, my... Um, well-being and my mental health and my health obviously is linked so directly to exercise more so than eating healthily like i eat healthily i think but but like i can eat really healthily and if i don't leave the house and exercise or something i still feel shite so um so that's a really important one for me and not that i'm some fitness influencer (laughs) um although i do have respect for those in some ways i i think i I think it is a good thing to do for for almost everybody. And I'm not saying it cures clinical depression mm. or, or or fixes everything in your life, but I don't think there are very few bad things that can come from exercising regularly. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's not even a physique thing, you know, just... No. I, I, I really... Well, I can only speak for me because I've only ever had one body and one brain. Um, 
But for me, it's like I don't regret ever going for a jog or a run or a mm. swim. Or I feel like it always is a good idea for me. If you can fit it into your life, yeah. I think it would be a good thing to do that as well. Mm-hmm. From time to time, regularly would be yeah. good. So that's my influence. Well, they say moment. like just take yourself out for a walk for like twenty minutes, don't they? Yeah, yeah, and th- and then I've I've had yeah, and I understand why people reject that idea, mm. and because it might make it might, they might have hang ups or even trauma or things like that related to exercise yeah, or yeah. or um, self conscious thing. Mm-hmm. issues around going to a gym or whatever mm. which I totally understand but I I do think the benefits are for me yeah life changing mm-hmm. two more things two more things that make me feel like shit so that's not exciting mm-hmm. um, I hate capitalism mm-hmm. I'm sick of it um, I didn't agree to be born into it <laughs> but I'm here now and it doesn't work like, it it, well no sorry it does work exactly how it's meant to work yeah. and it's exploitative yeah. and it's it's bad, and I I hate that I have to charge for the events I put on. I hate that in I play in a band. I hate that I have to <clears throat> charge for merch and get merch made. Yeah. I hate that I because it, it I don't want to contribute to this. I don't I don't think people need to buy anything. I don't think they need to buy anything apart from food and medicine, and alcohol and drugs if they want it. Right. I don't think we need to buy anything. I don't agree with it at all. Mm. It makes me feel shit. It makes me feel sick. Mm. It, it makes it's inherently crooked, and uh, and it makes me feel like shit. And I really, really think a lot of people know this. And I wrote an article recently about anarchism mm-hmm. and the rise of anarchism among young, younger people. And and I read something in an anarchist newspaper that said. We're in a zombie capitalism, that's what they called it. A zombie capitalism where it's not really dead, but it's not really alive. No one really believes in it. It's just kind of trundling on. People can't imagine anything different. Exactly, exactly. And I think that um, skill swapping, some kind of anarchist way of life, it has to be the way forward because uh, capitalism is killing off most people. And it's racist and it's sexist mm. and it's homophobic and it's transphobic. It is because they're the people who suffer the most. Yeah. Uh, Marginalised people suffer the most under this, whatever the system is. And I think that a lot of people maybe agree with me. Like, I saw Andrew O'Neill recently, the comedian, and they were great. They always are. And they, they were saying, like, this is how much of a grip it's got on our mind. Like when you advertise things, you're not only advertising the product of the thing that you're selling, you're advertising, advertising itself, consumerism itself. You're advertising that people need to buy things to make mm-hmm. them happy. And that's when you realise, like, wow, there's no adverts going, you don't need to buy anything. You don't see a billboard saying, <laughs> you're fine, don't buy any yeah, new yeah, jeans. Yeah. You don't need to buy any, you don't need that new house. You don't yeah. need that new car. You don't see adverts like that. So we only have a monoculture really when it comes to consumerism and it is to buy things that will make us happy or make us have worth and I just fundamentally disagree with that I think we've all got worth I think that um, there is a better life and maybe and and there is a better way to live our lives and we can do that by maybe making everyone around us I don't know there are so many different ways of doing it I, I don't want to get into a political rant but there are so many ways of doing it doing things outside of a system of you know, monetary exchange. You can do like the, the like the anarchist social center down here, the county club. Everybody volunteers mm-hmm. there. The bar staff volunteer there. The sound tech at the gigs volunteers. Mm. Like no one gets paid there, and it's a very very small way of how things would work. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And that's the same as, you know, I've spent time at different eco-villages and communes and with religious groups and stuff, and it works when people are It works when people have everything they need. Yeah. And people are, you know, and things become toxic the, the, the minute greed and money takes over and people are kind of lionised up to a state where they make more than other people. I think that capitalism makes me feel like shit. Um, and the third one is... The internet makes me feel like shit, uh, and my phone makes me feel like mm-hmm. shit, and social media, the internet, and my phone. But I think maybe the internet's the one I'm going to hone in okay. on. That makes me feel like shit because I it doesn't make me feel happy, and I think it's kind of boring and when you say the pointless. Internet, do you mean social media though? <laughs> no, I, I think maybe even just the whole internet. Yeah, I'm not saying things are better before, but I'm saying <laughs> things are not better now. You know what I mean? It's not made the world better, has it? No. It's just made more information flow freely, but it really makes it can make people really like I don't know. It can fuck people's lives up in ways that did not exist before. And I know that corruption can't hide as easily, and it's good to have a connected yeah. brain. But I'm saying for me, if yeah. I spend too much time online, unfortunately, I have to spend about eight hours a day online because I'm yeah. always I'm always researching. In my well, I was going to say, so much of your work must be researching and yeah. co- trying to connect to people that you couldn't find very easily. Totally, it's very useful for my yellow job. Yellow pages, maybe, but could go to electoral register or yellow pages in the okay. past. But there's there, there are ways of doing it. But it's good for my work. Mm-hmm. But I don't hang out there for leisure. I don't hang out online for leisure. Yeah. Tomorrow's Saturday. I'm not going to be on my computer tomorrow. Yeah. I'm not going to be on social media tomorrow. Yeah. I'm going to be hanging out in the real world. So for me, and I understand it's good for a lot of people. You do you. But for me, the internet makes me feel like shit sometimes. I spend too I much time on there. I think it brings like out the worst in people. And I just think that it's boring. Yeah, mm. the excitement of it is kind of faded off for me. Mm-hmm. Go on Twitter for ten minutes, and you'll you'll Toxic. feel like the, you'll feel like the world is is an awful place. Yeah. But then go to your fucking local library or your local community center or or the local sports and social club down here, yeah. and hang out with the nanas playing bingo, or go and talk to the people at the local pub, and you'll realize the world isn't so bad that we don't all hate each other, that we're not all Nazis <laughs> or transphobes or fucking whatever. You know what I mean? Jesus Christ! No one's getting cancelled down the pub. Yeah, <laughs> maybe in Brighton. Yeah. Hey, Aunt. Hey. You do a great job in editing this podcast, might I say. If people like the podcast, what do they need to do? Like it. What else? Follow it on social media. And then what? They could share it with every single person they know. Thanks, Ant. You can go back to your corner now. Bye. In opposition to that then, three things that make you feel like the shit. So does that mean me feeling good? Yeah. Like I'm good? Like the shit. Or, like, I, as in, I feel good inside, or I think that I am a good person. Both. Oh, okay, both. Well, I think things that make me feel like the shit is listening to music, mm-hmm. very loud, or quiet, but louder is, is better. Outside would okay. be great. Out, outside music, that is a very simple pleasure of mine. Like headphones or like speaker? Whatever. Okay. Oh, speaker would be better. You know, massive <laughs> speaker. Like, you know, if you go to a festival or you go to a gig or whatever outside, yeah. or you bring your speaker to your back garden or to a park or whatever, you know, conscientiously so you don't piss other people off. But I love that. You know, music outside in the sun. Wow. Even when it's not even that sunny. I love that. That makes me feel fantastic. Uh-huh. Music in general just is my absolute language yeah uh, a universal language it's beyond language actually mm-hmm. it's, it's 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 bigger than language because yeah. people understand music who don't speak the same language yeah. it's 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 a it's 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 more important than language mm-hmm. so i love music it's great that makes me feel like the shit when i've got some good tunes on and i'm just bopping 
uh, or I'm dancing in the shower, or I'm dancing in my backyard, or, yeah. So that makes me feel like the shit. What else? Um, I love to see... What makes me feel good? I love to see my friends, my family, peers, people mm-hmm. I know, uh, doing really well. I love yeah. it. It gasses me up. Mm-hmm. I love it. it. It just makes me laugh and smile, and I just think, yay, gone. I've had a lot of nice successes in... You know, it's arbitrary, but I've had successes in my life and I've had so much joy and so many opportunities and a lot of things have come my way and I don't take any of it for granted. I feel so happy and grateful for it. And if other, when other people are getting their thing, when their thing's happening for them or they've done something really cool or they're having a great time on holiday <laughs> or whatever it is, I'm like, yes, 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 great. You know, there's a lot of, there's enough joy to go around. Yeah. Um, so that makes me feel like the shit. I feel like, yeah, go on. <laughs> um, and in general people they all deserve it you know deserve happiness and joy in some yeah. ways even if I don't know them or like them <laughs> <laughs> really um, and then the last one I love I, 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 what makes me feel like the shit what makes me feel like I'm I'm exactly where I need to be and life is absolutely amazing and we're lucky to be here is when I'm laughing with my mates mm-hmm. or and with my brother. Yeah. Usually with my brother and our mates. Oh, yeah. God. Uh, or, you know, it's amazing. You know, you kind of get trapped in like a kind of a cyclone, mm-hmm. like, a, like a tornado of laughter and stupid chat and impressions and memories and it just feels like everything disappears and I don't know if you get that with your mates yeah. but like you're like you're laughing and then and then if I feel down sometimes I actually picture my friends and my brother and and everyone laughing I picture their face in my head I picture them laughing <laughs> and I think yes you know I, I remember that I even laugh about things that we were that we laughed about five years ago yeah, yeah. I just think about it and go God, that was funny. <laughs> and it's usually when we're sitting in the living room. Could be, yeah. in the, could be even in the small hours of the night, you know. <laughs> could, be, could be, you know, in a field watching a band. Or it could yeah. be at the pub. I think that makes me feel like the shit. It feels like, yes, you know, life is not too bad. Because mm-hmm. laughter, it, I mean, it's free. We, we can tap into it whenever we want, right? We can laugh whenever. We, if you've got a good group of mates, you can laugh all the yeah. time. Would you say you're a funny person? Um, I think that... Not in general, but if I'm with the right people, if I'm with the right people, we can we can go down some stupid wormholes. I'll tell you that. God, like smoking a joint and like watching South Park or something like that. Like I'm like, wow, I've never laughed this much in my life. It used to happen all the time when I lived with a few mates in London. Like every night we'd be like on the floor laughing. Oh my god! Not just about South Park, but just about some stupid scenario we'd made up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes me feel like the shit. Okay. Something that makes you lose your shit. So you're good and bad, right? In a positive and negative way. Oh, let's get the negative one out of the way. Okay. I'm not going to go on about it. <laughs> um, Cut to. <laughs> just, again, very briefly, yeah. the debt-based money system that we live in. Yeah. I think that is the heart of so much that's wrong that's with our world. So fucked. So I lend you 20 quid yeah. and I say, hey, give me 25 back. That's bad. Yeah. That's a, that is sinful, Insane. sinful yeah. behaviour. And banks do it all the time. Yeah. And banks make me lose my shit. We accept it. 
banks are crooks, they're businesses, yeah. they make money off nothing. And also, really, when you get down to it, this money doesn't exist. The money, the money that we owe has been invented. It's been, it's it's been, it's been magicked up onto a screen. Yeah. And, you know, people take their own lives. You know, people take their own lives when they owe money because they've got a credit card to pay for a credit card to pay yeah. for a credit card. And these credit card companies share the details of these people who are struggling with other credit card companies. That's and so, so they target them with adverts. They yeah. target they put posts through their doors. And then people, sadly, can even take their own life. It doesn't bear thinking about what they do. Yeah. And then what happens to the debt it gets wiped off it gets deleted on the screen that makes me lose my shit it is so bad because money's got such a big grip on our self-worth yeah and our, our ability to live in this really strange inherited spell that's been cast a curse that's been cast upon us and and i think that makes me lose my shit because i think that the money it's magicked up so say if you had, so if, if you had if you had a hundred people on an island right and you gave them ten pounds each 10 pound note each right and then someone said can i borrow five quid off you and that person said yeah you can borrow five quid but just give me 10 pound back okay that extra five pound that they've added onto it doesn't exist on the island think about it because there's a hundred people with yeah. 10 pound each and that's a thousand quid so, where are you going so where's that where's that extra thousand and fifty where's that 50 quid come from it doesn't exist yeah so that's when you break it down to that level you think well hold on if i'm borrowing five grand from bank and i have to yes. pay back seven grand that two grand well, i have to take out of someone else's pocket yeah. or do i have to magic it out of thin air yeah. or will i be really broke and also people the same as like countries owe other countries that's money governments wild. owe governments money and that's like historical debt i think it's like it's, it's it's absolutely heartbreaking it's more like palpable now as well i think like as soon as we're like entering into this cashless society where literally it's there's nothing crossing palms anymore it's just like yeah it's bad figurative and like i sit on the tube sometimes and i just think how mad like looking up at the, like looking at the people sat there like just imagining these numbers above their heads of like their worth yeah yeah yeah, yeah. of their bank account that like you will never physically feel that worth it's just mm -hmm. literally data yeah in a bank somewhere that is this person is of a higher class than this person it's just so insane that we live in that it's it's totally it's sad it's like a bad video game yeah that you wouldn't play and and then, like, even when you get down to a very personal level, people feel, like you said, they're worth, but in a relationship... Oh, yeah. Even if their partner's like, it doesn't matter how much you earn, it doesn't matter. People are so brainwashed, yeah. sadly, you know, it's not their fault, that they think, oh, you know, I don't earn enough. Oh, I'm not bringing... You know, I get fired. You lose your job, so, oh, no, I'm not bringing any money in anymore. I'm on the dole. You feel like somehow you're less desirable. Like, what? Yeah. Like, where the hell does that come from? You've been taught that. And that can pull relationships apart as well. Yeah. And, like, not having the money to go on holiday together or the things that other people can do, like, that can be really stressful. That can, like, really affect people's relationships, which I think is really sad yeah. because, you know, we are all love and, and that's what, that's, you know, it's a shame. But, yeah, that, that, that grinds my gears. <laughs> uh, but what really gets, what, what makes me lose my shit in a good way is, I've already said it, but it's, it's music again. Yeah. I think, like, in, like, a club or in a How gig or whatever. How does that compare to, like, being on stage, playing the music? Oh, playing the music? Yeah. No, it's... I... Do you know what, actually? No, this is better. This is better. Okay. I, I, I thought about this before before the podcast. Uh-huh. I, I, what makes me lose my shit is playing music. Not on stage in front of an audience, mm -hmm. but playing music with people, jamming, practising, whatever it might be, yeah. rehearsals. 
but I love it. Like I was in some drum circles over the summer with with some a group of people, and um, and that was mad. We're doing some. Uh, samba reggae. There is something about drumming. Yeah. Oh my god. We're doing samba reggae and it was it was unreal and there was like ten of us and it was so loud and we, we must have been playing for like twenty five minutes wow. and it was just like the louder it got and the more intense and the stops and the starts and then the different types of drums you know leading and then others others leading yeah. and it was just like hypnotic yeah. and I love I love drumming I can play a little bit of drums but yeah. that was like out of my comfort zone and I loved it. And so I like playing music with people. That makes yeah. me lose my shit. That is, um, in an ideal world, I would have, well, we live in an ideal world. We just don't use it properly. But mm-hmm. if I had more space, I would probably have a big room where I had loads of instruments to jam, mm-hmm. you know, with people. But I mm-hmm. don't have the space for that down here mm-hmm. in this house. But that would be cool, you know, a room yeah. with loads of instruments. Just come round, like, I have some beers and not, 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 not make music to go and perform or record. Mm-hmm. Just, like, let's just play for a few hours yeah. and, then, and then put it away. That... That makes me lose my shit. Do you ever play music? Yeah. 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 Um, you play yeah, guitar and drums. Oh, cool. Yeah, but um, just you saying that then reminded me of the first time that I went to Boomtown. Oh, nice. Um, Love that place. And like on the last night, all the music stopped at like ten, and obviously everyone was still like wanting a party. Um, and as we were walking back to the tent, I just started hearing these like drums in the distance, and basically like people had just turned over the bins and got like tent poles, wow. and everyone was just like bringing the bins to this same place, uh. and then like so people were just drumming, and it was fucking honestly, it was like the most magical experience of my entire life. Wow. And everyone at the festival just came down, and everyone was just like drumming shit, and then <laughs> halfway through, someone came out of a tent with a fucking saxophone, uh. and it was oh just my like. God, I think it's so crazy and I was like this is blowing my fucking mind and that was honestly like the most magical night of my life because like everyone was just making music together (laughs) and it like carried on for hours it was so good well I was at Boomtown this year and I met a bloke walking around the campsite with a saxophone I swear (laughs) to god I'll show you a photo it was him might be the same guy yeah that sounds great see that's it there's something about drums like because it gets into your body and you can feel it yeah Yeah. it's, it's powerful that you found some shit out about yourself. Um, it was it was working at this youth camp this this summer actually. Uh-huh. I um I was I was a, I was a camp leader Whoa. along with my friend Ava and we had to like you know help. We had to keep the show on the road so to speak. You know us and the, and the manager and the camp managers and like kind of we would lead from the front set the tone and we also had to like be there for the staff and be there for the young people and kind of um and. It felt like a lot of responsibility, and it was. Um, it's a shared responsibility with everyone who works in that team. A lot of volunteers, mainly volunteers, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, I was nervous before I went, and I prepared and I prepared, and then I got there and I was like, oh, God, I'm underprepared. Then I was, oh, no, no loads. <laughs> and then when the young people arrived, this is like 50, 14 to 18-year-olds from London, wow. some from Manchester, some from Birmingham. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and then I think it was like day three maybe and I was like, okay, I don't feel that stressed actually. I feel like, in fact, I'm coming home because I've done that work for a long time, like yeah. eight years, nine years. And so it felt like, I, oh, okay, because I couldn't do it during COVID, but, but it felt like, I, oh, okay, I feel quite relaxed actually in, in what could be chaotic. If I was feeling differently, I'm at the, the, even if the... the, the what was what my responsibility was and the role and what was happening around me if that was exactly the same if I mm-hmm. felt differently I would have panicked and yeah. oh my god you know I've got so much to do and 
you know, have to keep everyone safe and make sure everyone's got what they need. And, and, but it was something about me. I just, just relaxed and I thought, wow, I feel totally relaxed. And maybe it's come from growing older. I mean, must have, must have a little bit of that. And, and I just felt like, wow, okay. I surprised myself. Just as I, just as I, I like to, I like to facilitate, we all do in youth workers, I think, facilitate the young people inspiring themselves, like I said, inspiring each other. Mm-hmm. What can you do? You could surprise yourself, you know. Imagine that, you, you could be the one actually making the songs that we listen to on the radio. Imagine that. Like, this is not something that other people do. This is something that, that we do. You know, we <laughs> do, you do. Um, so to help them realise what they can do, I realised what I could do. Um, and I felt really surprised, mm-hmm. actually. And, and what it made me realise is that and this documentary I made recently, yeah. it, it was a nice feeling, oh, I can surprise myself in a positive way. Yeah. Surprise myself in a negative way often as well, where I'm like, fucking hell, I can be a dick sometimes. But <laughs> I, oh, I can be inconsiderate yeah. or impatient. These are my things. <laughs> That I need to work on. This is a different podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, but, but I surprised myself actually, yeah. and I was really proud of myself. Really proud of what I did, and and then I was kind of out of that, out of the frying pan into the fire, and I was doing other stuff. And then this week, actually, we had a big debrief. Even though it's been a little while since I was there, a big debrief, and we got to we were giving each other praise and giving each other feedback and talking about how the program went and what we could do better next time, which was really healthy and really open and no one got defensive and it was great and it was mainly positive feedback anyway. And then at the end of it, Lucy, the woman that runs runs the programme, she was saying, now affirm, give yourself some affirmations, mm-hmm. give yourself some praise. Mm-hmm. And we all had to go around on the, on this, in this meeting and give ourselves and like spend a minute speaking about ourselves and what we were, liked about how That's we nice. performed. And I was like, and this is exactly this question, yeah. Uh, of wow I've surprised myself there I it's humbling and exciting actually and 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 to think yeah actually I've I've there's there's I've got I've got quite a a lot to give in certain areas Mm -hmm. and that I can actually do a good job even if I was actually well nervous going into it <laughs> and so that was good it was a nice yeah. feeling I surprised myself that I thought wow okay and then it was, it's, it's almost been, it's been a lot of positive feedback from the from the young people and their mm-hmm. parents and stuff so great. that's great uh so yeah that was a good surprise I was like wow okay you know I was confident but I was like I didn't realize I was gonna feel this good about it that's so nice shittest piece of advice you received it's not advice but it's but there's two things that I think are bad things that we're taught when we're growing up mm-hmm. that I definitely remember feeling and learning, not not explicitly learning or being taught, but knowing, thinking this was the case. One of them is that uh, if you work hard, you'll do better and get more money. Yeah. Not true. Actually not true. doesn't really work like that. You realise that quite early, I think, where you're like, hold on. Like, it's very some people, dream yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. Some, some, there's the single parents out there who work yeah. fucking two jobs and they work all the time and they're always broke. What the hell? Like, and there's some people who do fuck all who are born into wealth yeah. and, they, and they just somehow accrue more wealth as they go. Yeah. So the work hard, work hard does play off in some respects, but I do think that, you know, there's a misconception around, well, if you work really hard, you can get, you can get to the top. Unfortunately, things are not that simple, mm-hmm. and people can work really, really, really hard all all hours that God, all the hours that God sends, 
and they still live on the breadline sometimes, which is sad. And so I think that's that's a myth. Mm-hmm. And another one is uh, is the chain of being. So people think that it comes from Christianity, really, and where Christianity kind of left Jerusalem and that. I think this was established after that, I believe. I don't really know much about it, but it, it's the idea that there's God. This is important. What's important? God, man, woman, animals insects in the earth yeah so god's at the top this is what people believe this is what we all believe though, yeah. right that we are more important than animals that we're more important than the earth that we're separate from the earth and it comes back to i think this chain of being thing where we've inherited this thing where it's like we're more important than it's a, it's the root of a lot of our problems right because even down to our language you know um my friend david bramwell talks about this in a really eloquent way and does a really funny <laughs> funny uh a funny skit around it he talks about you know think about the insults that we have for each other you you rat you bitch you you worm yeah. all the all animal insults right and we so that's a very good way linguistically of how we think we're better than animals you're a piece of dirt you know yeah. and that's us thinking that we have dominance over the earth and dominance over animals and that leads to a lot of animal suffering as we'd seen mass farming, a lot of climate climate change, of yeah, course, yeah, yeah. thinking that we can just use the earth because we're more important than yeah. it. Power so I over. think power over exactly rather than power with. Yeah. And and uh, and so I think that's a myth that I, it wasn't advice I was given, but it was something that I think I believed. And I always remember I was at a I was I was I was speaking to a hippie lad, a friend of mine, and and I, you know I was I was I was talking about you know like, what, what about. It's a shame that supermarkets throw out food, right? Mm. It's a shame, right? It is a shame that they throw out food. They throw perfectly good food into the skip because it's run out of date by a few hours. And I was going down that route of, isn't that a shame? We should do something about it. And he said, well, something's going to eat it. And I said, I think he was being contrarian. But the more I thought about it afterwards, I thought, he's got a point. He said, but something's going to eat it. I said, what, rats? And he's like, yeah. I was like, what if they cover it in bleach and the rats don't eat it? And he said, well, maybe bugs will eat it. So it's not wasted food. There's no such thing as wasted food. Something mm. will eat it. And then that that was very that was the very first intimation of me thinking, okay, maybe maybe we're not better than animals. And mm. and then the more I thought about it, and like I said, with with the help of it being explained to me in an eloquent way, this chain of being, I yeah. thought, oh, you know, what, actually, that's what we do believe, really. In our, even if we're not Christians, a lot of people all over the world, in a lot of cultures, you believe that we're more important than animals. And we're more important, definitely, than insects, and we're more important than uh, the earth. You really reminded me of um, desire to go. Which I think is, which I think is, is, is not a good, it's not a good thing. I don't think that's a good thing. I think no. that is the root of a lot of other problems as well. You reminded me of a quote that I saw today. This tree has been cut down. It's been there for like hundreds of years, and someone like shared a picture of it with a quote about exactly what you're talking about in terms of um, if animals could depict what the devil looked like, it would look like a human. Whoa. And I was Dude. like, fuck. It is bad, yeah. So that, yeah. that's that's the bad advice that we're... That, yeah. Not advice, that's the bad myth that I was taught that, that I think it was cultural that we think that we're better than animals. Yeah. More important than animals. Yeah. And insects and the earth. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, um, shit you wish you'd known sooner. I wish I... And I'm learning this constantly. Mm-hmm. I wish I would... Could... I hope to one day f- further understand how my actions impact other people. Okay. Yeah, and their emotions and their well-being and um, and how reckless and hurtful I have been with people I think, even people I love and people I um, care about a lot. Maybe 
hurtful is wrong. Well, maybe not, because even though it was, hasn't been my intent, intent in the past, I realise with some, a lot of deep introspection and reflection, you think, yeah, that was not a nice thing to do. Or say, or whatever. So, I wish I'd known sooner, or wish I'd considered sooner, mm-hmm. how my actions can affect other people, even if it's not intentional mm-hmm. because even if something's not intentional doesn't doesn't really change the impact it has on somebody mm-hmm. you know yeah so yeah so so I, but that's that's a lifelong mission i think yeah to be to be less up, to be less um cavalier with people's emotions mm-hmm. not take people for granted yeah i like that um okay we're now at the point of the shit shot Shit shot. He's ready. <laughs> yeah, okay. So this is a photo that to the outside eye looks like you have your shit together when at the actual time you didn't. Well, this is this is the photo of me. It's just kind of, it looks like humble brag. I don't mean it that way. <laughs> but uh, this is me interviewing Simon Pegg. Oh, my God. You can see, that's me there. Yeah, yeah. And we're filming an interview with Simon Pegg. This uh-huh. is during this documentary I made uh, right here, right now, which is on Sky <laughs> at the minute. Sky Documentaries. Plug that shit. Um... And I was interviewing him, and he was a sweetheart, and it was just like, that whole process was absolutely mad. I only finished the documentary at fucking Christmas, and then it came out. It was on TV in February. Oh my I'm God. not even joking. It was a mad turnaround. And then, um, and so, that whole time, it was like, it wasn't really imposter syndrome. It was kind of like, I was just constantly aware of everything I didn't know, and mm-hmm. I was kind of clinging on for dear life. That's what it felt like. I was clinging on to the project, like... Any min, it felt a bit like any minute they're gonna be like, you don't really know what you're doing, do you? <laughs> uh, like I don't know, it was such a weird feeling. Like, yeah. but then, but then I guess like, I just, I just thought, I just thought if I can get through it, like, like this is another interview that I wanted to do. Yeah. I'm meeting a guy that I'm meeting this actor that I really like. That's so wild. A, a great writer, a great actor. I was yeah. like, cool. And then I was like, hi mate. And I, and I look at him and think he just thinks I'm a documentary filmmaker. Yeah. He doesn't know that I'm not. Yeah. He doesn't know that I'm kind of like I'm really really new to this. Like. And 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 so, oh, I feel really need to. I've actually mm-hmm. been I've actually been making documents for 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 quite a long time, yeah. but not at this level. Yeah. And um and so yeah, so that was the one way I look like it. I'm like interviewing him, <laughs> and I look back at the photo. And go, I thought, fucking hell, like I I Very nice. I was just like like I hope. Imagine anyway. if Simon Pegg ended your career. Yeah, if you just stopped and went. Actually, Jack, can you can you can you right now tell me everything about the lens that we're using in the camera, please? Can you describe? You know, and like you know, I've heard something like that. <laughs> it's all about the, 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 for some reason the technical jargon was just yeah. my, it was like my biggest fear. It was so like it was like, there's so many like yeah like I said like abbreviations and stuff. Yeah. I was like, what what does that mean? I Come thought... on, speak English. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was always a bit like I didn't want it to reflect poorly on the production. To be honest, I was like yeah. I was like. I really, I really believe in this. I think it's great, and I want everyone to believe in this idea as much mm-hmm. as I do. Um, and don't let the fact that I'm asking you stupid questions make you think that I can't do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I felt. Yeah. There's no such thing as a stupid question, though. Famously, that's what the the only stupid question is one that was left unasked. Wow. Bars. Um, <laughs> okay, so Jack, have you got your shit together? Yeah, I told you, nine, nine, what did I say, 9.8%. 
out of ten. Maybe you've got. I've got. I feel like I've got. I feel like I've got a lot of my shit together. I feel great inside, and I feel like I, I know what I'm supposed to be doing. But I also am very excited to look. I'm very excited to get the rest of my shit together. Tomorrow feels, <laughs> feels great. Yeah, tomorrow and onwards, it feels good. That, that for me feels exciting yeah. to be like. You know what? What I, what I'm yet to learn is what drives me and what, mm-hmm. I, what excites me and what I can do with my career and with my life and the people that I can meet and the people I can help and people I can hang out with and get to know that excites me so getting the rest of my shit together over the rest of my life is exciting for me does not feel in any way worrying and I notice that people on your podcast sometimes talk about how old they are their age sometimes comes up oh so for anyone wondering I'm 32 and when I turned 30 I didn't have a freak out I'll meltdown I felt absolutely fine yeah yeah and I can't wait to turn 40 and you know what after that I cannot wait to turn 50 <laughs> I can't wait it's great what a, it's a what a trip what a ride <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much for coming on the podcast that's okay thanks for having me <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast this podcast is produced by Ant Hickman The artwork is produced by Tim Saunders and the photography is by Patch Bell. A massive thank you to Cassia for letting us use their song Slow. See you on the next episode of Have You Got Your Shit Together. Now and then I'm just a little bit low I always try to lose my mind in a conversation with you 